The Energy Matters to You podcast is a communication platform that features technologies and thought leaders working to advance energy efficiency. Energy Matters to You seeks to connect buyers with sellers so that practical, cost-effective energy efficiency and sustainable energy solutions continue to gain market traction. And now your hosts, Ron Galuli and Leo Ryan. Hello and welcome to Energy Matters to You. Leo Ryan here along with co-host Ron Galuli. Ron, good to see you. Good to see you. Good morning. Now, what happened this month, 10 years ago, that that really changed the energy world, the energy landscape? Well, there were two guys uh, with an idea, and they really fumbled with it at first. But they for a developed... decade, for a decade, they fumbled. For, for, yeah, <laughs> for a decade, and they uh, created this podcast, and they fumbled along for, I don't know, maybe nine and a half years. Yeah, that's true. And uh Finally getting their act together. That's it. So, yeah. So before podcasts were even invented, Ron Lily and I started this because we were just talking to ourselves and we thought we hit record on on, uh, on, uh, on I I did find out one tidbit. I think I saw it on Google that, or maybe it was one of those people that are trying to solicit podcast services that I think 60% of podcasts fail after 10 episodes. So we've been going for 10 years and we haven't failed yet. Oh, that's awesome. um, and yeah, we got it was something like 80, 80 plus episodes we've done. We don't have excellent. them all. We don't have them all housed, but because we changed our format a couple of times, but uh, yeah, about 80 episodes. So thankful to all those guests who've been part of that journey. Really appreciate that. And speaking of that journey, we, uh, we get that partnership with, uh, with New England, AWE. And I know uh, they, it's been great. It's been great. New, new guests, energized guests, energized listening audience. So Ron, you've been, you were part of that whole, that whole management team too. Well, yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to John Ma. He's coming to the end of his two-year term and he's really transformed the chapter and just thank him for having the vision to integrate energy matters to you. And we definitely look forward to working with uh, Hadas Webb, the incoming president. And she's been very active in the Seawheel organization. And I know we've had her on the podcast, I think several times. Uh, so yeah, look, looking forward to continuing that transformation with Hadas. So thanks again to, to John Ma and to, and welcome to Hadas Web in that in that new role. Really appreciate that. Well, we got some great guests on with us today. Folks from uh, from B two Q have been doing some very important work in the energy efficiency space for a long time. So I'd like to welcome uh, Joey Redmond and Tom Banks, gentlemen. Welcome to Energy Matters to you. Thanks for having us. So, Tom, why don't we kick it off? Give us a, give us the introduction to uh, who B2Q is and why you're at it. You can tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey. Sure. Yeah, I can uh, definitely do that. Thanks for having us again. So, B2Q started in 2003, actually by my father, Paul Banks. He um, was a CEO of another firm, big MEP firm in Boston, and um, started B2Q to sort of find his own way of, you know, work-life balance, but also he wanted to get back into the technical side of things. So he was, you know, very much so focused on the business and started B2Q to get into the technical side. And sort of that's where we've been since then. We're very much so like to get into the weeds. We like to see ourselves as uh, sort of the go-to engineering firm for owners where if they have a problem that they can't solve, they've been trying to figure it out for years they come to B2Q and they say, hey, you know, whether it's utility infrastructure or energy related work, they look at B2Q as an extension of their organization and they use us for their go-to problems. So, 
you know, the current go-to problem that um, a lot of owners are dealing with is how do I electrify my building? How do I reduce my carbon footprint and sort of improve on my sustainable uh, impact on the world? So I think BDQ is very well positioned where we have a lot of repeat clients and a lot of clients who are coming to us with their complex problems. And so we're very excited to formally announce we now have electrical engineering in-house and that's that's who you're about to meet, Joey Redmond. That's He's great. got great. Tom. Before we go over to, to Joey, there just your, your, yourself. What you? It's uh, B2Q is a very technically adept company. Uh, what what kind of technical skills do you do you bring to B2Q? So myself, I um I graduated from UMass Amherst with a mechanical engineering degree. Spent three years actually working in uh, New York City for a MEP engineering firm. Got to do some really cool projects in the Empire State Building some very sort of big high-rise projects on the energy side as well as the design. And then um, back in 2018, I joined B2Q and I've been working on a lot of infrastructure upgrade projects, uh, large industrial, food manufacturing. So a lot of the MEP design, but I also like to get my hands on the energy side. So done some green communities projects throughout the state. I've also done some some detailed energy audits for large industrial facilities. So, you know, coming up with a list of energy conservation measures and trying to help them implement them because we don't like to uh, just deliver paperweights. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tom, you in your intro, you you hit on uh, a concern that uh, that Ron and I hear all the time, top of mind for a lot of folks, the electrification of existing buildings. And uh, nice to know that you hired someone like Joey Redmond. So, Joey, give us a little bit of background on yourself and the special skill set you bring to this transformation that's taking place in the built environment yeah hi guys uh thanks leo ron for having tom and i on today yeah i started at btq in november um i think they realized it was time to bring electrical engineering in-house with the way the energy sector is changing and how it will be changing drastically over the next 20 to 30 years i've been in the energy industry for about 13 years i started my career designing fuel cell power plants, 400 kilowatt fuel cell power plants. And a lot of our main clients were um, like grocery stores who wanted to put an energy, a distributed generation right on site to offset their heating and cooling loads. So that was the start of my career. I ended up going to a big EPC firm and designing combined cycle power plants for about five years. Those were gas and steam turbine plants. That was all of my experience on the design and contractor side. And then I had the privilege to go work on the client side at Yale University, where I was their senior engineer overseeing their entire campus's medium voltage distribution system. And we had two central utility plants that ran on natural gas and dual fuel engines that could island the entire university off of the grid. And then I've worked for a, a few more design firms before I came to BTQ, but you know I'm, I'm super excited to be a part of this team. It's the most knowledgeable and just genuine team I've been on in my whole career. Uh, they're the absolute be- best, uh, led by uh, Nancy Banks, our CEO. So it's been an incredible um, journey to get to this point. Joey, I know you mentioned you were at Yale. 
A lot of universities, main campuses have medium and low voltage systems that could use that support in both those uh, voltage classes. Are there any verticals that you see that need more support during the electrification process compared to some others? You know, comes to mind universities and hospitals, that type of uh, customer. Yeah. And a lot of central utility plants at higher eds are trying to be grid independent. So they're looking at solar fuel cells, still some natural gas, but a lot of sustainable energy methods to kind of free themselves from being reliant on the grid. I also worked for a firm who did a lot of hospitals. So we did a lot of combined heat and power plants for hospitals because you need the resiliency there. Like lives depend on it, not just life safety, but critical um, safety. So those are two huge clients, but I just see a lot of a lot of customers going to this idea of they don't have to be reliant on the grid. I know there's a lot of pressure to think of how are local utility companies and the grid regulators going to plan and program for all of this electrification. But I think a lot of it is that, but a lot of it is communities and local jurisdictions stepping up and saying, hey, we can do this ourselves. I worked for an ESCO firm back in, this was like 2019. And we actually did a feasibility study to put a microgrid at Kadena Air Force Base, the second largest air force base in the world in Okinawa, Japan. And they ended up putting that on contract in 2020. And as of 2023, now they have 10 megawatts, a 10 megawatt microgrid at the Kadena Air Force Base. So there is substantial projects going on in the world right now where people are realizing that the grid is a great backup, but they can be proactive and get in front of it and you know put distributed generation right on site. I have heard of just one more comment, Leo, uh, some nightmare stories about the service waiting times from some of the utilities because of the electrification, because of all the demands on the utility to make upgrades. So I don't know if you encountered that as well. Yeah, because these infrastructure upgrades for substations, they don't happen overnight. It's two or three year projects. So there's a lot of phasing involved of using the existing system, but making that switch over to a new substation. So there are a lot of outages that come with that. And that's why I think local energy sources are going to be not the entire plan, but it's going to be a piece of it. As we see that transition, as the grid starts to grow to, you know, for this electrification upgrade that we have going on now in the United States, these microgrids and local energy storage devices are going to, you're going to see more and more of that, at least to help with the transition piece of it. Hey, Joy, let me, let me pull back over to Tom here. Both of you mentioned the, the Green Communities, Green Communities Act, and Tom, I know you have some experience there. I'm really curious about this, this pressure that's being put on large energy users. So we should talk about campuses. We've talked a little bit about university campuses, but there's a, a lot of campuses and, and corporations are stepping up in communities and states, and they've got these net zero targets. And the targets can be created by folks who understand policy and intention, but they're not running the building. So now there's a pressure where the, where the folks who actually run the building and have to, pr- have to pr- put in the hardware 
to condition the space are really tasked with a huge challenge here. You know, I've got, pick a number, 50, 70 years of experience on, on this campus, and now they've got a set of goals that don't align with, align with the equipment that they put in historically or what it wouldn't normally anticipate putting in. So, Tom, what I'm curious about, when B2Q goes into one of these places, what are, what are the drivers that actually initiate a transformative process? You know, is it having the right personnel educated there? Is it a small victory that leads to larger victories? I'm really curious about how, how they go about it. Because, you know, the experience is that they, the, the facility managers don't necessarily have this perspective, this training, this understanding of this transformation. B2Q may or does. And then so, so walk, walk us through a successful transformation in this, in this space. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great point. The, the people making the decisions often aren't the people operating the equipment or the people on the, on the ground. So a lot of times there is, there is a rush to get to a solution and where we try to come in and be sort of the advisor or the consultant and say, Hey, let's let's stop. You know, let's not just say we're going to put in, a, you know, three megawatt generator, or we're going to put in this huge solar field with battery. Let's try to work backwards and let's say, okay, well, what is our load? Our heating and cooling load. Is there any way we can reduce that load by either providing some energy efficiency upgrades to the, you know, the facade of the building, whether it's the improved weatherization or maybe it's just a case where they're operating inefficiently, right? Their their chiller plant or their boiler plant is just not optimized for the actual equipment in the space. So we definitely like to start our projects with a basis of design and sort of an existing conditions assessment where we go in and really try to study how the building's operating versus how it should be operating. And then that's where you can get your baseline. And then another important thing to look at when you're electrifying a building is what is your base load versus what is your peak load? And is there any way we could shave that peak by maybe installing thermal storage or some sort of other approach to sort of leveling out the load? Because when you size your systems for the peak and I can be guilty of it as a mechanical engineer, you know, you figure out what your peak load is, you add a safety factor, and then in reality, your equipment might only operate at that peak for 2% of its lifetime. So well, with the, the, uh, the uh, yeah. demand response analogy, it was the, the, the Christmas and Easter use of the church, right? So if you size the church, <laughs> right. you just go through days, right? <laughs> or, the, or the plane, the seats on the plane, that kind of thing. Joey, yeah. as Tom's as Tom's walking through that uh, that scenario, are, are there their client stories? You don't have to give a name if you don't want, but are there client stories that kind of illustrate this the friction that might exist between the the, the planners and the doers, or the desire to to put a new energy generating station at the facility without going through the uh, the basis of design, the understanding what the load is, and then the, the deep work to reduce that that uh, that load. Any any stories or clients that come to mind for you? Yeah, because we work with a lot of municipalities, so you need buy-in from all the stakeholders. And we have worked with a handful of clients where, you know, we can do these studies as Tom's describing and give them kind of a baseline of how they're building operating, what are some good choices, what are some good sustainable choices 
for the city of Medford, we did one where, you know, we proposed solar with battery storage, but whether there's funding and there's total buy-in of, do we need to make this step now, or can we push off, push off, push off? Um, you do need buy-in from your clients and your stakeholders once we do this, do these studies for them and present them different opportunities and choices they can make. Yeah, beautiful. That's good. That's good to know. That's good to know. So, you know, we, we do try to keep these to, to 20 minutes. We've, we've covered a, a lot of kind of specific deep energy, geeky kind of stuff uh, on this call. I'm wondering, Tom or Joey, are there things that we, we missed in terms of uh, B2Q's evolution or offerings to the marketplace that you want to make sure that we, that we lean into? No, I do want to say that, uh, you know, we have a LinkedIn page and our, you can check us out at our website. And we did put an introduction to our electrical engineering department on there. So if you want to go in and learn about how we're growing at B2Q, check out our website or our LinkedIn page. Good to know. You know, the, the thing that I'd always like to, to um, invite our guests is like, who, who is it in the organization? That's a good contact for B2Q. Is it a deep technical person? Is it a financial person? Is it some combination of that? Give us an idea of like, who's the best contact for, for you to make, uh, make contact with that institution? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like to think we're all very uh, client facing. We like to market ourselves that way. Um, but if anyone wants to reach out to me directly, they can. I would be happy to make the right introduction to whoever it is they That's need great. to speak to. Good to know. Ron, do we miss anything? No, great show. Um, you know, with the trend toward electrification, you have the utilities filing grid modernization plans. We had the ISO speak at the Energy Outlook. There's going to be drastic changes in the grid, and I think your timing is spot on as far as the need in the marketplace to look at the existing electrical infrastructure to be to to accommodate for electrification. Beautiful. All right. On that note, we'll wrap it up. And on behalf of uh, Ron Galuli, Leo Ryan, the 10-year-old podcast of Energy Matters to you, I want to thank uh, Joey Redmond, Tom Banks from, from B2Q for being our guest. As we say, there's work to be done. Go make a difference. Support for Energy Matters to you comes from National Grid, Raytheon, Siemens, Keurig Dr. Pepper, Eversource, Mitsubishi Electric Train HVAC US, Honeywell, Skillings & Sons, LLC, AHA Consulting Engineers, GDS Associates, QGM Consulting, Acela Energy Group, B2Q Associates, Lidos, Conservation Solutions Corporation, Energy Management Associates Incorporated, and FMC Technologies. Do you or someone you know want to be featured on Energy Matters to You? We're seeking professionals in the energy industry to offer insights, strategy, and solutions. For more information, visit aeenewengland.org slash podcasts. For more information on the Association of Energy Engineers New England chapter, visit aeenewengland.org.